Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Well, thank you all for being here for this Bridging the Gap Sunday. What a beautiful crowd that we have here with us today and just uh, looking forward to what God wants to do in this service and looking forward to bringing the word today. And uh, just look to your neighbor before we get started and say, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. All right. Well, today is, uh, I'm kind of concluding a little series, you may want to call it, I've been preaching out of in John chapter 15 about living a thriving life. How many of you want to live a thriving life for Jesus Christ? We all want to live a thriving life. And I've been introducing to you from the scriptures some vital keys uh, that we can apply in our life that will help us to live a thriving life. And I can tell you, as your pastor, it's my heart for everyone in this church to thrive. I want our church to thrive more for God. I know God is doing some great things, but from the scriptures it tells us that God wants us to even thrive more in our life. So I want our church not just to survive, but I want us to thrive. And I hope that is your heart too, that you want to thrive for God. We learned over the last few weeks that that word thrive, it means to uh, flourish uh, it means to prosper. It means to be fruitful. And we know that Jesus, he had something to say about living a, a thriving life. Jesus had something to say about living a fruitful life. And it's found in John chapter 15. Uh, and I'm going to read to you verse 5 through 17 today. This is Jesus speaking to us about how we can live a thriving life. John chapter 15 verse 5 through 17. Jesus says these words, I am divine, Jesus is divine, and we are the branches, the church are the branches. He says, I am divine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit, but apart from me you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask what you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, friend, the living the thriving life is all about giving God glory. That's what it all comes down to, is that your life will be a life that will bring glory to God. He says, as the Father has loved me, this is where I'm picking up from today in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. He says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands, and I remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Some translations say this. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may overflow. How many of you could use some joy today in your life? Come on. He says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay his life down for his friends. 
You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made it known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. God has appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. And listen to verse 17. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your infallible word, God, your inerrant word, God. We thank you that it's truth and the authority over our life. And God, as your word is proclaimed, I trust your anointing over my life right now. Lord, please touch my voice, God. I pray, Lord, for you to touch the ears and the hearts of everyone under the sound of my voice today. God, that they would just see you and hear your voice. And, Lord, just transform us and change us into what you want us to be, God. We want to be uh, uh, people who thrive in life. We want to be people who will produce fruit, God, lasting fruit, Lord. And, God, we want to love each other, Lord. So help us today, God, to just uh, surrender and submit ourselves to you. And we're trusting, Holy Spirit, that you will lead the way as we obey you in this service. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. <clears throat> now, you know I like to do a little bit of review, uh, just to kind of go back a little bit. My teacher in school told me you learn through redundancy. He said you need to repeat it over and over. And he told me you need, if you don't cheat, you're going to repeat. That's what he told me. So... I'm trying just to repeat some things so you can get it in and we can uh, continue to uh, thrive going forward. So Jesus, he makes it very clear, <clears throat> excuse me, he makes it very clear uh, from the scriptures that one of the vital keys in thriving in our life is that we have to abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. That means, that word abide means that we have to remain in Christ. That means that we have to stay connected to him, connected to Christ. Every day of your life, you need to wake up and make sure that you're connected to Jesus Christ. 24-7, friend, I'm talking about at home, at work, going down the road, wherever you're at, in a church house, that you're always connected to Jesus 24-7, you need to abide with him. And the reason you need to stay connected to Jesus, the vine to the branch, is because the vine is what nourishes and gives life to the branch. And if you want to have a thriving life, you have to stay connected to the Lord. You have to stay connected to the Lord. Because Jesus said this, on the other hand, if you refuse to stay connected to me, here's what's going to happen to your life. You're going to wither up and you're going to die. And friend, listen, if you're not connected to Jesus, your life spiritually, you're going to begin to wither up and spiritually you're to die. So we have to make sure that we are connected to the Lord every day of our life. And then we also learned uh, the other Sunday when we were continued with our series, we learned not only do you have to stay connected to Jesus, but you, all have, you also have to stay clean. You have to stay clean. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he says, my father cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. Now we learned on that Sunday that that word prune, it means to, to cut off something, to cut back something, to cleanse. And listen, friend, the pruning process can be painful, but it's necessary in our life if we're going to thrive and produce fruit for Jesus. 
And the reason why we need to be pruned is because in the pruning, the Lord himself will be, begin to remove some old dead stuff out of our life so some new stuff can start to bloom and come forward again. Maybe somebody here this morning, you need some old dead stuff cut, off your, cut out of your life right now so something new can begin to bloom. You, you wonder why you're not seeing any changes in your life? Maybe some things need to be cut away and cleansed out of your life so you can start to experience God in a new way. I'm here to tell you today, friend, that if you're going to thrive in life, you have to stay clean. And that means a righteous life, living a life of holiness. Every follower of Jesus Christ should be demonstrating the fruit of holiness in your life. I thought I'd get an amen. We should be demonstrating righteous living and holy living in our life. We should look different and talk different than the world. Come on. God help us. So help us not only to stay connected to Jesus, help us to stay clean in our life. But finally today, we need to make sure if we're going to thrive in our life that we stay compassionate. We stay compassionate. Listen to what Jesus said again. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may overflow. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Listen to me this morning, please, just for a few minutes. A person that thrives in life, a person that's going to thrive and produce fruit in their life is going to be a compassionate person. A church that's going to thrive is going to be a church that loves God and loves people. We, we, we got to make sure that our hearts are filled with compassion. The Bible says to wake up daily and clothe yourselves with compassion. We need to stay compassionate, not become hard-hearted toward people and judgmental toward people, but to walk in compassion toward people. God, help us today. How do, how do we thrive? How do we, how do we know how to thrive with compassion? Well, Jesus, in the context of this passage, he tells us how we can thrive with compassion. He says here, the first thing he tells us is that you need to remain in my love. Remain in my love. Jesus is telling you this morning, friend, whoever you are, to remain in his love. That love that Jesus demonstrated to us is a submissive love. It's a sacrificial love. Jesus says, I have obeyed the Father. He says, I've obeyed the Father and obeyed his commands. Aren't you grateful that Jesus loved us enough that he was willing to obey the Father and fulfill the plan of redemption and salvation for every one of us in here today? We, he obeyed the Father. It was a submissive love. <clears throat> and it was also a sacrificial love because he was willing to lay down his life, friend. He was willing to lay down his life for every one of us in this room, for the whole world. He gave his life. It's a sacrificial love. And if you've ever wondered what the submissive and sacrificial love of Christ looks like, all you have to do is look to the cross. Look to the cross of Christ, friend. The Bible says this in Romans 5.8. He says that God, he demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, while you were still an enemy, while you were still running away, while you were a sinner, Jesus came and died so you could be free and have everlasting life. Can you thank him for that today? <clears throat> we should be thankful for that. 
1 John 4.10 says this, that this is love. This is love, that, that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Listen, friend, the love that Jesus wants us to remain in today is a submissive love. It's a sacrificial love that he wants us to remain in every day of our life. That word love that I just mentioned to you in this passage, if you study that word, you get the word agape. Look to your neighbor and say agape. It's not something you order El Mazalon now. Agape, agape is the love from God. Jesus demonstrated agape love. Agape love is this. Listen, agape love, this will bless your heart, is unconditional love. Agape love is, is unending love. It's everlasting love. It's a love that will never end. Agape love is undeserved love. We, we don't deserve it. It's, un, it's, it's, it's a love that's for people who are unworthy of that love. And listen to me. We, we don't deserve that kind of love because we're not deserving. We're not worthy of that love. But Jesus, out of his agape love, he came to us and gave his life on the cross so we could have our sins forgiven and we could have new life in him. Are you grateful this morning for God's agape love? Praise God. <clears throat> <clears throat> When I was studying this passage here, I know, listen, here, here's the approach to Scripture. You just ask who, what, when, and where, and how. And man, your eyes will be open to so much in the Scriptures. And you think about who in the world is Jesus speaking to in this passage in John chapter 15? Who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to people like Peter and John, and James, and the rest of a group of all misfits and people who are outcasts. He's talking to a group who denied him. He's talking to a group to, who deserted him. And he's talking to a group that had a whole list of failures and faults in their life. And still, Jesus said, I love you like the Father loves me. Man, he loves you this morning. He loves you this morning despite whatever faults you have in your life. He loves you despite whatever failures you have in your life. He loves you, friend. He loves you, whoever you are this morning. You didn't show up in here, and, and not, your world's not perfect. Nothing seems to be going right. There's been some things going on in your life that you just feel like a failure or reject or broken on the inside. I want to tell you, Jesus still loves you. Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you. And Jesus said to his disciples that in order to thrive in life, you must remain in my love. Now that word remains, we've already studied it, it means to stay. It means to stay in, it means to stay in my love. It means to wake up every day and, and walk in my love. Wake up every day and I'm walking in the love of God. I wake up every day and I'm resting in the love of God. Every day, friend, no matter what, I'm staying in the love of God. I'm going to remain in the love of God. Every day I'm walking in it. I'm resting in it, and I'm staying in it, no matter what. Listen, even when the troubles come in life, I'm going to remain in the love of God. Even when the troubles come in life, I can still remember Jesus loves me. Even when my world seems to be crumbling all around me because of what's going on, I can still say, Jesus loves me. Even when there's a mess that I'm right in the middle of and clouds are all over me, I can still say, I remember Jesus loves me. Hallelujah. I can remember, friend, that Jesus loves me. He loves me. 
And he loves you today too, friend. Even in the, in the middle of an attack from the enemy over your life and over your family, you can still declare as you walk and stay in the love of God that Jesus loves me. When you're going through one of the fierce battles of your life, listen to me. You can say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. He loves me enough that he wants to help me. And Jesus said this. He said, remain in my love. He said, stay in my love and you'll be filled with joy, a joy that will overflow. You, you wonder if some people haven't, are not remaining in the love of God. It looks like they've been sucking on a lemon popsicle. Not any of you in here today. But it could be that they're not walking in the love of God. They're not resting in the love of God. They're not remaining in the love of God. He says, if you remain in my love, your joy will overflow. Please listen to me this morning. Oh, I know there's some people going through some battles this morning in here. If, if some of y'all just knew what some of your brothers and sisters were going through in their life right now. But I'm here to tell you, friend, whether you're facing a mountain in front of you or whether you're walking through one of the darkest valleys of your life, you can still say, I remember Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. He loves me. And he's enough. He's all I need. He loves me. And I can still have joy today. Yes, you can still have joy when you're going over that mountain and when you're going down into that dark valley, you can still have joy knowing that Jesus loves you. And it'll be a joy that comes from him that will overflow, knowing that Jesus will help you. He loves you enough that he'll help you today, friend. Whatever you're going through, he'll help you over that mountain. He'll bring you through that valley. Jesus loves you enough today that he'll release mercy and grace in your time of need. He loves you enough today that he'll work all things out for his glory. He loves you enough that he'll work it all out for his glory. He loves you enough today, friend, that he'll come alongside of you. Yes, yeah, sometimes people can abandon you, but Jesus will be right there with you the whole way because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you, sir. He loves you, ma'am. God loves you today. And what he wants us to do is remain in his love, remain in his love, walk in his love, rest in his love. And he says that we'll be filled with joy. You can be filled with joy today, friend, if you'll just rest in his love and stay in his love. You can thrive. And Jesus also said this in this passage that we're reading today. If you want to thrive in life, not only do you have to remain in his love, but he says you have to love each other the way he loved us. Woo. Now, why did he have to put that in there? He says, I want you to love each other the way I've loved you. Listen, you may not like me, but you got to love me now. You, you got to love me. Jesus said, you got to love me. He says, love each other. Well, what is the love of Christ? Listen to this. Christ Jesus, it says in 1 John 3, 16, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone, listen to this now, if anyone has a material possession and sees his brother in need but has no compassion on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. The great preacher D.L. Moody, I'm reading one of his books right now. He said, if the world is ever to be conquered, it will be conquered by love, and that will only happen by our actions. 
We can talk it all day long, friend, but listen to me. Love is action. We can preach about love. I can stand up here and do a series on love. We can sing about love. But if we're not loving through our actions, we can throw it all out the window. The Bible tells us this, that God's word says that we can have all the gifts in the world, but without love we are nothing. You can talk in tongues. You, you, can, you can speak with the gift of prophecy. You can sing like Amy Morn or Brandy Worth. You can preach like Bishop T.D. Jakes. But without love, the Bible says you're a clanging symbol. Without sincere love, we can do nothing. Without sincere love, we can do nothing. And the Bible tells us that the greatest proof that you are a Christian, the greatest proof that you are a Christian, the Bible says, is what? Love. John said this, by all men... Well, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you want to know if somebody's a Christian, you'll see love demonstrated out of their life. And church people, listen, Christian people, church people, should be the most compassionate people walking the face of this earth today because we've encountered the love of God and now we have God living inside of us and the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. That's part of it, love. We should be the most compassionate people ever, like the early church. That was a compassionate church. They helped each other with whatever needs they had in their fellowship. They served one another. They gave to each other, not expecting anything back in return. And I'm not saying about this church. I'm just saying the church in general. I think the church in general, I think a lot of your Christian people have drifted away from showing sincere Love and compassion toward each other today. Sometimes we can be guilty of coming into church and we can sing songs praising the Lord and singing hallelujah. And then during the week we spend our time using our mouth tearing down other believers. Mm. Crank the car somebody. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And then we're tearing people down with our tongues. Or, or here's sometimes what can happen with churches where we're not showing sincere love and we see somebody in the fellowship that has a need in their life and we know they're going through one of the toughest battles. And what do we do? Like the great Samaritan story, we kind of turn our head and go the other way and say, well, somebody else will help them. Somebody else will step in and do something. But guess what? Nobody ever does. God help us today. Help us not to turn away. Help us not to tear down with our mouth, our, our brothers and sisters. Help us not to turn our heads to people that are in need. How in the world can we love the lost when we can't even love each other? You can tweet that if you want to. You can tweet it, Facebook it, chap, snap it, whatever you want to do. Snapchat, I'm sorry. Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Listen. Y'all give me a minute. <clears throat> I'm serious, though. How in the world can we go out into the world and, and, and love the lost when we're, when we're fighting one another and tearing down one another or turning our head toward one another? God, help us. God, help us to love one another. God, help us to love in action. 
God, help us to obey the command to love each other. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love your brother and sister. Love them. Nobody in this room is perfect, I promise you, including myself. We all need love. So love each other. Love each other. And if we're going to continue to be a thriving church, I'll never forget Apostle Kevin Robinson when he stood here and preached several years ago. He said, this church will continue to thrive and go forward as long as this church will love each other, care for each other, help each other, and serve each other. God, help us to be that kind of church. Help us to love each other, serve each other, and to care for one another. You know, I thought it was fascinating. When I was studying for this message here, if you go to the Gospel of Matthew 25, you don't have to turn there now, now, but you know there was a test that Jesus used to determine who the people were that were sheep and who the people were that were goats. And one of the indicators in that was really a, a love test. The way that it was determined on who was a sheep or a goat was determined by the little simple acts of love, like giving somebody a glass of water, like giving somebody some food, like giving some shelter to somebody, or providing clothing, or visiting somebody that was sick, or ministering to those that are in prison. Isn't it amazing that God takes note of every simple act of compassion that we do? Who in the, who in the world can we show love to this week? Who is, who is in this church right now that's, that's, that's suffering? Who in this church needs somebody to just uh, come to them and share the love of God with them? Who can you reach out to this week? People all around us in our fellowship right now at Mount Olive that are hurting and they're hopeless and they need somebody to come to them and just show the love of God to them. God, if God's laying somebody on your heart, listen to me. Please do like Jesus did and have submissive love and obey him and reach out to him and do whatever you can for him. We need to love one another in the church. And we also, if we're going to remain a thriving church, we need to, we need to love the unlovable. We need to love the unlovable. You know what Jesus said? He said this. He says, what good is it if you love those who love you? What, what reward are you going to get back for that? What, what reward are you going to get back for loving those who love you? You see, it's easy for us to love those who like to love us back. I have no problem at all loving my wife. I have no problem at all loving my children. Now, I got a little problem loving my mama right now because she's a Blue Devil fan. I don't know whether that's good or bad, but anyway. No, I love her. I have no problem loving my church family. But let me ask you this. How about loving the one that gets on your everlast nerve? Don't look. Don't look at nobody. How about loving the one that makes your blood pressure go up? How about loving the one that you try to avoid? Everybody's thinking about somebody right now. I promise you they are. How about loving the one that picks on you or the one that picks on your kids? Ooh, bad day. How about the one going around gossiping about you? Or how about the one that's going around telling lies about you? How about loving the one that walked out on you? How about loving the one who cheated on you? How about loving the one that hurt you and hurt your feelings and hurt your family? How are you doing with that? Jesus said this, that we should love each other the way that I have loved you. And that's an unconditional, undeserving, unworthy love. God help us to love the way Jesus loves and Jesus loves everyone. He loves everyone. And we should love everyone too. We should love everyone no matter uh, somebody's skin color. We should love everyone no matter their social status. We should love everyone even if they don't agree with us. 
We should love people no matter their baggage that they bring with them in life. We should love people that nobody else wants. We should love people no matter the issues that they have going on in our life. You know why we should love them? Because Jesus loves them. He loves them, so we should love them. You know how the Lord spoke that to me several years ago about having the love of God? Some of y'all have heard this story, I'm sure, but I'm going to tell it again because I'm preaching. When I first got saved, Lisa and I were living in a house right over here, right outside of Dudley. And we came, we left church one Sunday, and when we got home, uh, I always had a little routine where I would walk out on the, we had a screen-in porch, and there was a pond behind us and some woods, and, and uh, I would walk out on that screen-in porch and kind of just take in everything and just kind of chill for a minute. And I walked out there, and I was there on the porch, and I looked, and there was this huge chicken on my back porch, but it wasn't a chicken, it was a hawk. And that hawk was on my back porch, and the reason he had got in there was because we had a little puppy dog who knocked out the screen in one section of the porch, and the, the hawk got in there. I don't know how he got in there, but he got in there. And them things are a lot bigger face-to-face. -face. And I, I looked in, I went in there to the back door, and I said, Lisa, we got a chicken on the back porch. And let me give you a word of advice. Don't count on your spouse to help you get a hawk off your back porch. It will never happen. What do you want me to do? She said, what do you want me to do? I said, go in there and grab me a beach towel. I've seen this thing on the Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. <laughs> so I wrapped that beach towel around my arm, and that hawk was cornered up in my screen in porch, and I was kind of cornering him and going playing with him a little bit. And Good night, that thing was huge, and he's got these eyes that just look right through you. And I kind of just started talking to him. You know, he could hear me. And I got right down there in front of him, and I got so close to him, and he was real calm, and I started uh, just taking that beach towel, and I just started kind of combing his chest, and he was all perked up, and I was just going to be all right, man. We're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you out of here. I'm like, man, I'm getting ready to pick this hawk up, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and about that time, uh, my little dog, I had a little boxer. My little boxer saw that hawk. And he went there yakking and barking and barking and yakking. All of a sudden, that hawk just kind of throwed them wings out like that right there and went to, and feathers went to flying. And I went under the table on the patio set. And Lisa's looking out through the blind. And the hawk's going back and forth, hitting the screen, hitting the screen, hitting the screen. And finally, he's just so agitated, and he finally lands there, and he's right there by that one little place where the screen's gone. And I got there behind him, and I just started kind of shooing him. And finally, he went out, and he was flying real low to the ground, and the dog was right there kind of behind him. And he kind of soared on up, and finally, he took on up right where he belonged and went on out of sight, friend. And I'm still traumatized by it. <laughs> I went in the house. And I sat down and I was like, Lisa, what in the world do you think the Lord's trying to say? It's not every day you have a hawk on your back porch. And the Lord, right there on the spot, he said, son, let me tell you something. There's going to be people that come to you in your life. They're going to be intimidating. They're going to come in your path and they're going to be intimidating to you and they're going to be lost. They're going to be broken. They're going to be searching for a place where they can go and soar again in life. And what I want you to do is just wrap yourself in the compassion and in my love and just put it all over your body. And no matter what you got to do, even when you're afraid and even when you're scared, you got to get down there and just start giving them the love of God. Give them the love of God. And you'll help them finally find a place where they can soar again in life and they can be free and they can live how God intended them to live. That's what God said to me. 
Every time I see a hawk now, I, th I think about the calling over my life. That God called me to go after those that are intimidating. God called me to go after those ones that are broken and lost. Aiden, is she here? Can somebody come and play the keyboard for me? I'm getting ready to close this down. I got to, I got to move on. Let me tell you. Just a few weeks ago, we had a young man, after the service was over with, he came right here to the altar. God, forgive me. He came to the altar, and he began to talk to me, and he told me, he says, I've been running from God. I've been running away from God, and I'm ready to return back to him. I'm ready to come home back to the Lord again. And I'm just sitting there listening to him, and I'm asking God to help me have some direction on, you know, how to pray with him and how to lead him. And every, every breath that he speaks to me, all I can smell is alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. And, and let me tell you what I felt in my spirit right there on the spot. Let me tell you what. I was like, God, what do you, what do you want to say to him? And he's like, you know what? The boy's here, and, he, and he's, he's broken, and he's all messed up. And before you pray with him, and before you do anything else, I want you just to take him like he's one of your sons. And I want you just to put your arms around him and love on him, care for him, and get in his ear and tell him that God loves him no matter how broken he is, no matter where he's been in his life, that Jesus loves him. That Jesus loves him. So, I grabbed this man and I said, sir, before we pray and talk to God about anything, I want to tell you, God wants me just to hold you and hug you and tell you that he loves you. And I've never had a young man grab me like that young man did. He just grabbed me and pulled me in and held on as tight as he could. And all I could say is, Jesus loves you, son. I felt like that was one of my children standing in front of me. He loves you. He loves you. And whoever you are today, if you feel unlovable and you feel broken on the inside, I'm telling you right now, Jesus loves you. You've never gone too far. You've never strayed away far that God can't save you because the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. And every one of us in here today, I don't care who you are, we're only here because God loves us. He loves you, every one of you. Would you bow your heads with me, please, all over this place? <sighs> Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for every soul that's here today, God. I'm not going to take it for granted. Everyone here saved, God. There may be people here that are lost and they've been running from you. They've never experienced your love because your love will tear down walls. Your love is a forgiving love. Your love is a merciful love. Your love is a gracious love. And God, just remind somebody this morning, God, that, that you're there with them and your arms are stretched out. And if they'll just come to you right now, their whole life can be changed. So, friend, if you're here today and you're not sure that you're on your way to heaven because love like this deserves a response are you saved are you saved are you on your way to heaven do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you're not sure I want you to pray with me right now just pray this prayer it's out of your heart it's not necessarily the words but it's about your heart dear father I acknowledge to you I'm a sinner right now I'm a sinner Lord I'm a sinner Lord and I've been running I've been I'm in rebellion 
And today, God, this message of love, God, that you would go to a cross and die for me. That you would shed your blood for me so my sins could be washed away and forgiven. And I could have eternal life through you, Jesus, and have a love relationship with you. Lord, right now, Lord, just forgive me of my sins. Forgive me. I repent. I turn away from sin in my life now. And I turn to you. Lord, there's been a change in my mind today about you. And there's been a change in my heart today toward you. And now, Lord, I want to change directions in my life. And now I want to walk with you, God. I want to walk in your love. I want to rest in your love, God. So I invite you in to save me. Wash my sins away. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And I thank you, God, that you raised him back to life. And because he lives, I will live forever as well. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for saving me today. Thank you for washing my sins away. Now I don't have to face the wrath of God, the judgment of God, because you made a way, Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only mediator between God and man. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, Jesus, he loves you arms are open.